This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. This is the Saints podcast. And we got a look, a good look, at one of the Saints rookies yesterday. And Kendra Miller, he talked to the media. You know, I think he's he's looked exactly what I expected him to look like. And maybe a little better. He's obviously got that size. He's got that kind of weight to him. You know, he, you could see he's kind of a bruising back. But he can catch the ball. You know, he, he told us coming out that TCU didn't throw the ball to him. He didn't get the ball thrown to him at TCU. But that doesn't mean he can't catch the ball. And it's not necessarily unlike Alvin. Like Alvin Kamara didn't really catch the ball at Tennessee. And the Saints had to find that out for themselves. And then when they did, they were like, okay, we're taking him in the third round. We're making an aggressive move and we're going to get him. I think they traded up to the first pick in the third round, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we obviously know how that has gone since. And so, no, that was Alvin? the fourth, though, when they got um, Sal DeVere. Talking about Alvin. Oh, they traded up to the third round, you're saying? I believe so. Alvin, okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about this year. Well, yeah, they traded up this year to get Sal DeVere. Right, right, right. But I believe when they drafted Alvin, they traded up to the top pick of the third round. Now you're making me doubt myself. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay, let's correct that. They traded the number 229 pick in 2017 along with the 2018 second rounder, which ended up being Darius Geis, oddly enough, at number 59, and to go up to number 67 to take Alvin. So it was an early third round pick. It wasn't the first pick of the third round. But either way, that's kind of what you saw. The Saints went and put him through drills. They found that he could be a receiving back. And this was the same offseason. They brought in Adrian Peterson and by week, the end of week one, yeah. you you knew that Alvin was that guy and they did not need Adrian Peterson and Alvin was going to be there. I don't see Kendra having the same upside as a receiver, but I think he is a lot better as a receiver and you can see the hands than you would have thought just looking at his statistics at TCU. And, and that's been, to me, the biggest kind of takeaway that I have of him from the first seven camp practice. And this was really needed. I mean, I think we've we something we've talked about before that the running back position was in need of some kind of influx of young talent coming in. Sure, there were some uh maybe undrafted guys or someone you picked off off the street kind of thing, but it wasn't you were investing this this draft capital in a running back and we yeah, we've seen the this team have some pretty good success when they do that. So uh the the pick of Miller definitely piqued my interest right off the bat and when you 
watch the footage of him from college. Obviously, really impressive. Uh, we didn't get to see much early on because he was coming back from that injury. But right now, it definitely does not look like it, that injury is hampering him at all in camp. No, I don't. I don't feel like the injury is a factor right now whatsoever. That was great too. It, you don't see like a brace or a sleeve or anything on him. Yeah, I don't see any limitations. It's all just a question of how quickly he can pick up the scheme. And, you know, obviously protections are yeah. going to be a big thing, especially because can you get him on the field in third downs? Can you get him on the field in passing situations where if they send a blitz, you got to pick it up? Because if you don't, your quarterback gets murdered and you can't put him on the field if you don't trust him. Right. And so that's the question. But I do think that his ability to catch the ball and his ability to kind of duplicate what Jamal Williams is able to do will be helpful early in this season when you don't want to get into a situation where, okay, you you you, you can't trust him in this situation, so you're, you're just projecting ex- exactly what you want, what you're going to do, and the defense can jump on it because they don't have to guess. They know. And that's why that kind of cross-positional versatility in terms of pass catching and running is important. And I think you saw it. So that's going to be something that we look at. But you know, I think Deuce McAllister spoke to this really well when he was on sports talk on Wednesday, he's talking to Bobby. I think this is before you were on. I think it's just Bobby and Mike at this point in the show. Yeah. This is kind of his breakdown of what he's seen from Kendra, what he expects, what he thinks he needs to work on the most. And uh, here you go. So looking at Kendra Miller, obviously we couldn't watch him in OTAs and minicamp. He was going to be, you know, because of the knee surgery. Uh, we're going to save him for training camp. But uh, what's your opinion? I don't know if you saw this one run he had. It wasn't today. It was yesterday outside. When he did a jump cut. He made made a cut. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, his knee don't look hurt to me. He looks like he never hurt his knee. You know the play I'm talking about? Yep, I know the exact play that you're talking about. And, I mean, it looked and it was like, oh, that's smooth. I mean, and that, I mean, he found the hole and it wasn't a big hole. I mean, it was backside A gap that he hit and it, it was yesterday and you could just see it was, it, it was a nice fluid cut and it was, it, it was a nice run. It was a nice run. And Bobby, the only, the, the, the thing that he's going to have to work on. Because like you just talked about, he didn't go. He didn't get to go through the summer. He didn't get to go through any of OTAs. So now from an offensive standpoint, it's one thing for me to hear the play, but now i got to go in and actually run the play. And now I have – I'm on the clock because once the huddle is broke, I've got to go get lined up. I've got to make sure I understand and know the play. And then i got to make sure that I know my responsibility. You, you can't guess. Plays, uh, the deuce, you can't yeah, be guessing. Yeah, if, if, if it's two plays, if it's two plays – then now I got to think, all right, what do I do on this play? Well, you know, am I lining up right? Do I have to scoot up? And so playing football is the easy part. It's the processing part that he has to get comfortable with. I think, yeah, a good job of it. I mean, he'll still have his moment, and we saw him have to run the lap where he had to fumble or, you know, maybe he missed a block or, or, or something of that nature. But he gives you maybe a run or two or even – even the one-on-ones, you know, I thought uh, his first one-on-one that he went against the linebacker today, I think he ended up making the catch. But for the most part, two seconds, three seconds, he's making a move against air. You haven't closed any space yet. Close the space before you go and make, you know, your move because now guess what's happening. And, Bobby, you know this. If I'm taking six seconds to run a route, what are you going to do? I'm looking somewhere else. I'm, 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 Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. You're taking too long to Thank get you. open. You, you you taking too long to get open. I mean, but so like stuff, little stuff like that. He doesn't know, he doesn't understand yet, or he doesn't know 
that that's going to come with with time and experience. But if you taking you know three and a half, now he he didn't take six, but I'm just saying yeah. if you're taking four four and a half five seconds to get open, that quarterback ain't gonna wait on you. That quarterback going to somewhere else because he's gonna get sacked. Right. He knows that that clock is ticking, and so he's got to develop things of that nature. Just and and that's going to come with experience. That's going to come with experience, and so it's a time that I can waste time in a route because I'm setting it up. But when I'm pressed and I got to get there, I got to get there. And, you know, maybe, maybe my stance or my separation I create and I, I create the separation, but I mean, um, you know, uh, Alvin went to, to New York today. We all kind of, yeah, that's what I actually do. So what do you think about you know, that? We, 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 yeah. We kind of, you know, you expect the worst, and if it's not the worst, then the, 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 you prepare for whatever. So the worst would be six games. If right. it's under that, then that's what you prepare for. The Saints had already started preparing with, with the Jamal signing, with the drafting of Miller, um, and you know even last year trying to draft a guy to help Alvin, not necessarily because of uh, the suspension, but they've already started to prepare. Right now they're not doing any type of game planning. They haven't started on that yet. That will all come once it gets a little closer. But now certain plays maybe you won't highlight. You may still carry them, but you may not highlight certain plays right. uh, in, in, in those two, three, four games, whatever it is, that he may not be available. I think Deuce makes a really good point there. And I one thing that – I don't know if it annoys is the word, but one thing that I see a lot on – social media and just people reacting to stuff in general is they focus on the highlights and they focus on, Ooh, that was pretty. And that was good. And that was great. But it's, it's not the, the, the ceiling that is going to determine whether the team trusts you in situations. It's the floor. It's how bad does this go when it doesn't work? And you know, like that, his example in the one-on-ones is like, yeah, you can get open, but if it takes you too long and you are not no longer a safety valve and you're not in there to block, then that's a problem. And you're running a little angle right out of the backfield. The quarterback has to sit and wait for you to cross the face of the linebacker before he can throw that ball. Otherwise, it's getting picked off, right? And if you're dancing around, if you're not getting there on time and the quarterback has an end breathing down his throat because you're not there to pick him up, well, that's an incomplete pass or, or a sack or worse, a fumble or something right. bad, right? And so that's something that you need to understand as a, as a running back and – it takes time, right? And that's the type of thing that I think most fans aren't aware of because you're not seeing every rep. You're not seeing how he's doing in meetings. It's impossible to know exactly how fast he's processing things unless you're looking at film and you're like, well, you're supposed to do the Unless you were looking at film and you knew exactly what he was supposed to do and you can identify whether he did it or not, right? Like I could sit here and say, yeah, he looks athletic, he looks smooth, and he does. But there are elements to being a running back that take time. And so that's what you're trying to figure out is then we, if you are without Alvin in week one, is Kendra someone you can trust in those key situations? And, you know, I think I trust Deuce's opinion as much as anybody's. And I think that anyone should um, in that regard. And so I think he, if you're, if Deuce is talking about running backs, I'm listening. Oh, for sure. That's uh, tip top analysis. I love hearing, uh, Deuce's breakdown in football in general, we're, we're very blessed to get to work with a guy like that. Uh, but with Miller coming on board, obviously, yeah, there's going to be some nuances that we know he can run the ball and has the vision, you know, the field vision and all. But the the receiving part of the game is a question. Being able to, you know, pass, protect, uh, and block is going to be something that's going to be huge. But I think that he's got the capabilities clearly 
And the team being able to sign a guy like Jamal Williams, obviously so critical to have that vet who's been there, done that in case of emergency with Alvin, which I think everybody's kind of on the same page. We're bracing for something uh, when it comes, uh, hopefully soon. We'll deal with it then kind of thing. But the, the Saints are definitely prepared and appreciate the fact that you have that veteran experience and a Jamal Williams. You got a young guy coming in that's clearly hungry. We heard him draft night on WWL talking about how he was, you know, coming for that number one spot. And even Deuce then tell him to slow down, young buck kind of thing. But you got to love that passion, love that drive, and uh, just more excited to see uh, more of Miller and Pads because it's only been three days for that. And yeah, I feel like when the physicality's picked up, he's his game is accelerated even more with the Saints. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think he said young grasshopper. Okay. But I remember that interview because Kendra's phone got cut off. And so Deuce never got a chance to actually talk him down a little bit. Like, okay, let's bump the brakes. Let's do, let's do this the right way. But no, I, and uh, I think it's a good point. I think it's just going to determine how much of a load you end up having to put on Jamal Williams, who I think can, can carry it. Right. But if you end up having to just overload Jamal over the first month and a half of the season, how does that affect him later in the year when you might need him down the stretch? Uh, that's, that's something that we're going to have to find out. Um, one of the other things that Deuce said, and I, I, he, I didn't get the context of it, but he said the Saints drafted someone to help Alvin last year, and I think he's referring to Trevor Penning, a guy who you know came into the league as a mauler in the run game, and we've seen it. You know, It's a part of his game that I don't think you have to worry about, and yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's, that, that kind of partnership and your, uh, how, he, how he works in the run game is going to be a big part of it. Um, you don't usually use your left tackle as kind of your run your run tackle. That's usually your right tackle. Your left tackle is usually the the pass pro tackle. That's why it's a little weird. But I did I did get a chance to ask Derek Carr about working with Trevor Penning because I I mean this is a veteran quarterback coming into a new system, trying to prove that you know his kind of career of not making the playoffs and not making any deep postseason runs is more of a mirage than than reality. And so I think that that marriage of quarterback left tackle, you got to trust him. And so, uh, you know, I think Trevor has come along. You know, I think he's still kind of getting up to speed. He's getting in shape after not being able to work out throughout the offseason and OTAs and minicamp. But that whole partnership is going to be fascinating. So I got to ask Derek Carr about that yesterday. That's Wednesday. And this is what he said. A very violent individual, you know. Uh, you know he, he, he wants to be physical he wants to assert his dominance um, you know in the run game and the pass game all those kind of things and the cool thing too is I, Cam came up to him was talking to him about something after our set and you hear him like oh yeah yeah I got you yeah that makes sense that you know, so he's uh, as aggressive as he is he's also willing to learn and grow as a player and uh, so I'm excited about it you know uh, Big Ryan you know Ryan Clanton was his old line coach in, uh, in college and he's one of my best friends you know and so I've gotten to know a little bit about him uh, and what makes him tick and He's a different cat, but uh, that's what you don't want. 
you don't want everyone to be normal up front in, in the front uh, when they're protecting you. Car- he, he had some good sound bites yesterday. Derek did um, on the, especially on the offensive line, and uh, I, I think he's I think he's one hundred percent correct. You need you want some crazy people. There's a reason that, that, that like you see a lot of stories about crazy offensive linemen because you you, you got to be kind of crazy to to put yourself in that position. You know, you got to be mean. And uh, I think he's, he's got, got that, that. streak, right? Yes, he's got that. Uh, and I think Derek's identified that. And, and yeah, he's physical. You got to turn that physicality into dependability and consistency. And that's where I think you, you, he's, lo- he's lost me a little bit thus far is you'll see some really good reps and then you'll see some reps where he kind of just gets lost in his footwork and gets beat to the outside, gets beat on a double move. And, you know, you're not going to win every rep as an offensive lineman, but you can't lose clean. You can't have the lookout blocks, which is you miss completely and you'll look out while your quarterback is about to get plastered to the, to the turf. Those are, those are the blocks you can't have as a left tackle. It's why it's such an important position when you have a right-handed quarterback because he can't see you. And you can get, you know, we've all seen that Joe Theismann clip where he gets torn in half. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's something that, you know, we're going to watch and learn. You know, I'll have a take in the next segment. Maybe I'll just get to it here. I think James Hurst is the starting left guard, regardless of what happens with Andres Pete. Because when it comes to Trevor Penning, I want to see him play next to someone that he has worked with. And the fact of the matter is, Andres Pete, if he's not available, you can't get those reps. And maybe he'll be able to come back next week. Maybe this is a short-term thing and you'll be able to get him back. But, I mean, you have a lot of pressure riding on Trevor Penning. And I want him out there with someone he's comfortable with and familiar with. And right now that's James Hurst. So I don't know what the, this is Trevor Penning. I'm sorry. Andres Pete's in a contract year. I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't know how significant his quad injury is, but even when he does, I think there's a point where you start talking about, okay, Andres Pete is the depth guard and James Hurst is the starter. Uh, Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all because you know, Hurst has been, extremely reliable with this team. Obviously, when getting called upon to start a left tackle, did a a pretty uh, admirable job there. I'm worried with with me with Penning. uh, You mentioned footwork, and I'm just worried about foot health in general. Uh, Was it turf toe and plantar fascia that he had last year? He had turf toe. That was the first injury, which was the required surgery. And it's a nasty injury. We've talked about it. It needs a a grosser name. Right. Because it's a it's a nasty injury. Like you're talking about a torn ligament in your big toe, which you know you, you know how your feet work. Everyone has feet. Just think about if you tear a ligament in your toe, how much that's got to hurt, and how and how little power you're going to have in that foot, which is very important. Power, all that, yeah. Uh, and then obviously getting back in the game shape when you can't put weight on your foot, that's kind of difficult too. So that that was the first one. The second one was a Liz Frank injury. Or is Liz Frank tendon, which is, you know, it's just, it's, I think it's kind of in your arch. It's just another thing where it's like, you can't play like that. You know, it's pain, very painful and it takes a long time to recover from. And that's what he's working back from. There were different feet, right? So I don't, I don't know if there is a common denominator there of maybe just, you know, these were injuries that that were ready to happen and did. There was the minor setback, and I won't say setback. He he banged it up, I guess, in a practice. He missed the next day, but he was then, then he was back. Like Dennis Allen said, it wasn't anything too serious. But again, with the foot popping up, I, I'm just a little bit concerned about, uh, over just it. The fact that if it was if it was a knee, if he had banged his elbow on a helmet and needed a day off to ice it, you would have been like, okay, fine. The yeah, fact whatever. that it was a foot thing, 
Made him be like, oh, no. He's got defective feet. And and Um, obviously, huge, massive man, a lot of weight to carry. So, yeah, it's something that I I don't hope is a constant thing for him, obviously. Yeah, no, it's it's a concern. It's a real concern. And when you're a big guy like that, I mean, look at how injuries, foot injuries, ankle injuries have affected Mike Thomas. Like, and then add 200 pounds to that equation. I guess not 200, maybe 110, give or take. To that equation and and you and you're there but i i think trevor you know has he's putting in the work and i'm interested to see how he has developed in these preseason games hopefully he can get through them hopefully he can be healthy and that's the thing too so if you do start james hurst at, at left guard he's probably your backup at left tackle too so i don't know how you kind of sort that out because you do want to get him reps there in case he needs to play there um but yeah that's the left side of the offensive line is going to be kind of fascinating to watch, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the like you mentioned earlier to the that last practice we got to witness it was defensive one day, and just wasn't pretty. Like when you're just looking at the offensive line, it didn't help your concerns going into the season of what things could be going forward. And yeah, sorry to keep picking on Calvin Throckmorton, but he's not a guy you want to see as your starting part of your starting unit. No, he is a backup to a backup. He's got experience. What it is, right? So you can you can live with it if you have to play him in a pinch. But he is very much a backup to a backup, and you need someone that you that that can't be the first guy off the bench. I'm sorry, but yeah. So we'll get into that. We'll have a lot of time. Again, we've only had a few padded practices. I'm not overreacting to anything we've seen from Trevor, from James. I think I'm also not overreacting to the idea that I cannot trust Andrews Pete's health. And if the Saints are trusting that in any major way, they're setting themselves up for a frustrating season. No, you, um, me, every other reporter, the Saints fans, I'm sure the the, the team's got to know it too. Yeah, they know. <laughs> It's frustration. Know who uh, he is. It, it definitely is frustrating because obviously another mammoth of a man that when he's healthy, a uh, uh, huge for the team. I'll say in the run game, at least uh, pass protection, he could be a little bit, a bit of a liability. But I feel like as that run mauler, which we're hoping Trevor can be too. A- Andrus was that dude uh, when, when healthy, which is, you know, when does that happen? That was his strong suit as a pulling guard. He's athletic <laughs> for a big guy. You know, he can move around. Uh, and there's something to be said for that. And if he's the depth, I feel great about it. I just don't think that you can trust him for a full allotment of snaps. And maybe that's kind of the answer for him is you, you, you limit some of those snaps and you take some of that the the wear and tear off of him. And when you do need him, he's fresh, he's healthy, and he can be a force. And you have a what I would consider to be an elite backup option. You know, and, and he might be a better guard than James Hurst, right? Like I think if you're talking about it from a talent perspective. He, he's probably the better option. Um, but, you know, if, like you're, to go, if you're going based on like, oh, who has the higher grade in Madden, I think you'd go with Andres Pete. But if he's not healthy, then that doesn't work for you. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's And there's, there's something that's said about, too, about having that continuity with your starting guys. They Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's obviously very important. It's, yeah, it's key for the communication and just overall development of that line. And, man, uh, yeah, the left side's definitely a little concerning for me. And James Hurst, in terms of just being a leader in that group, is very, you know, it's he there's a reason that even when he's not starting, he is the spokesperson for the offensive line room. Like he is a leader in that room. 
even as a backup. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, go watch James Hurst's uh, press conference the other day. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. I was going to say that we, not to throw any other player under the bus, but the player that the saints gave us as a one-on-one. And then after hearing James Hurst talk, I was like, man, I wish we had talked to James Hurst that day instead. Well, it used to be Tehran, right? Like the you, Tehran used right. to be that vocal leader and then you lost Tehran. And I don't know if anyone really stepped up into it and other than James. And Eric is obviously a vocal guy. He talks. But like Ryan Ramchek was never going to be that vocal leader. He's a he's a talk with your play kind of guy. He's very understated. He's very good. No, it was but, amazing. Demario came up. Demario Davis was like, I can't believe you guys got that much out of Ryan. He talked for six minutes. <laughs> and now and then Demario was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's just Ryan. I mean, if you haven't figured out Ryan by now, that's on you. But Local all right, dude, checking in, blue collar, doing his work, going home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna be here. I'm a rock. I'm a, I'm a wall. Anyway, let's wrap that segment up. We're gonna come back. We're gonna go through some of our top takes that have developed that we believe that we will soon change after the first week of the 2023 Saints training camp. Whew, let's do it. This is inside black and gold. Stick around.